hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and we got the gang back together now that things are coming to an end, or at an end, I don't know. And uh, joining me for uh, going to the end of the road, my dear friends, Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David. How you fellas doing? David's back. David's back. <laughs> Look, guys. Hey. Look. When David's you, when... back. All right. <laughs> you know, we we gotta we gotta stop letting these we gotta stop letting these uh, large life size mice on the station. They kidnap you for a week. That's and true. You gotta fight them off. You know, you gotta fight the colony off. Mm. And uh, and only then can you return. So you know, I am I am waiting with bated breath to read your report on that. Actually, David. <laughs> well, it started at its lair. <laughs> I took the ceremony of dagger and s never mind. <clears throat> I <Yeah>. can't show. <clears throat> All right. Well, well, well. Welcome back. I'm glad that you survived uh, the giant rodent mice thing. Yeah, there's a big goofy dog. <sighs> Had to take it out. Yeah, you have to, have to take it out to Pluto. Yep. Duck. Yeah. Uh, I punted the duck. Yeah. With a bunch of daisies? <laughs> Man, maybe. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes. Mm. Eric is doing the biggest eye roll in the world right now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, yeah. Um, well, welcome. I'm glad you you made it back from from the rodents, man. Um, how's your uh, apart from like your travels and your little away mission, um, your own little commander's holiday? What have you been up to, man? Oh, uh, wow. So yeah, it took a week. We fortunate enough to be able to do a week in uh, in Disney in Orlando. Um, did three parks, Epcot, Hollywood Studios to do all my nerdy star wars stuff and uh and then uh universal which uh boy was a little underwhelming hmm. uh I, the, the the first universal park was a lot of fun then after that i gotta tell you like y'all have been to a fair correct you played fair games whack-a-mole yeah, yeah. uh, throw the dart at a balloon of course islands yeah. of adventure was just that in different skins it's like the same games the same hut the same shop but it's like ooh, this is jurassic park ooh, this is marvel ooh, this is you know spider-man or whatever it was the strangest thing <laughs> but but uh but yeah no i, I got to got to kind of nerd out quite a bit it was really nice uh epcot they had their food and wine festival so got to try like little bits and bobs from all their little country stations and whatever um heck of a firework show at the end of the night there like a 20 minute light and sound music firework show with all the disney movie songs it was actually really really cool very memorable um like i said got to do my star wars stuff i drank the 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 blue and the green milk uh with with dubious liquors in it um fresh out of, fresh out of the udder fresh out of the udder mm. um had a, had a wonderful time there I, it, the galaxy's edge is really really cool like you walk in there it's an entirely like different place uh you know got to do the rides a lot of fun um yeah can't can't really express how how fun that was to finally be down there 
build a droid. Unfortunately, didn't get to, you know, do the lightsaber build because, my God, my girlfriend tried for like three months. Three months to get us signed up for it. But like as soon as a spot opens, it's gone. So we weren't able to get into that, but I did buy Luke's uh, legacy saber. So that was pretty cool. Um, you know, Universal was neat. I, I uh, finally ate at a Voodoo Donuts. They had one uh, there. So hmm. I think I remember you talking about that, or maybe not. I don't remember, but that was something that I know I, I've heard people talk about. It was fine. It's a donut, but let's not get crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, like Krispy Kreme is just a donut. Let's not exactly. get crazy. What? But I like Krispy no. Kreme. Stop. Not just but, a donut. I, I drank a Duff donut. beer. They had a they had a whole Simpsons thing yeah, with the with, and so yeah. that was fun. Um, you know, did the Harry Potter world, and coincidentally, I completely forgot to text you about it. I did not see the specific wand that you had uh, uh, mentioned okay. while I was there, but I, I got a wand. Uh, it's over there somewhere. So we got cool. wands and we did the little spells and made things do stuff. Oh, you got uh, the interactive wand. Yeah, yeah. So that was fun. Uh, watched a kid get picked out with the wand, little wand ceremony thing. So that was yeah. a lot of fun. Did the hogs meet? Had the butter beer? We we did all the, all the stuff that you're in quotation supposed to do. Rode the train, all that good sort of stuff. Did you? But uh, please tell me you you got like the butter beer souvenir cup. So no, we did not. Mm. But when I was there, I didn't see the souvenir cup. <laughs> So to be okay. fair, I don't know if if I just missed it or if they didn't have it at that time. But no, didn't get the souvenir cup. You like uh, the one? I remember the one that we went to. Um, there was like right, right as you're like coming into Hogsmeade, there's like um, a guy or a gal like with like a little, you know, like little cart or whatever. Yeah. And like that was the one we went to, and it was like, you know, like four dollars for like a regular butter beer and like eight dollars or whatever for like the souvenir cup or something it's just like a plastic like half tankard looking one i think is what it ended up being at the yeah time. yeah i didn't i didn't see that see that there but yeah hogsmeade was really cool looking they they made that look but it, it was also like crazy bright and sunny so all that you know the fake snow they put on the on the rooftops right. and it was like blinding <laughs> walking it really there. is you um but no it was it was uh it was very very cool overall experience uh definitely recommend you know thankfully her family bought into that whole vacation club a long time ago and maxed out on points so we got a free room and you know all that good sort of stuff um kind of <laughs> kind of a funny thing just to just to remain relatable and, and you know, to, to humble myself uh, because I had so much fun and you all didn't, but no. Um, we didn't. <laughs> we, so we, we, we came back. Uh, we, me and her flew out solo, uh, Ubered over there, did the whole thing, got there, got whatever. On the way back, though, we flew out with, uh, with her parents and her sister on the same flight. And I got to say, whoever that pilot was was the smoothest the smoothest flight i've ever had you you didn't feel the takeoff didn't feel the landing those mustachioed dudes did a darn good job so uh, <laughs> shout, shout out to the pilot uh but anyway because they totally listen to this show you know what yeah, i'm saying they do. i they i do. guarantee they do you that's my card, mustache he's talking about uh, <laughs> but no it's my got, mustache <laughs> but we got back uh to the airport and that's when the fun began 
Awesome. Our, our bags would last off the line. We got back a little late too. It was it was uh, slightly delayed. Bags would last off the line. Her mom loses her phone somewhere in the airport. They forget where they parked their car. Uh, <laughs> we had to circle around and around and around looking for the phone. Got back. Hold. I mean, it was it was it was like one thirty to. Wow. Before we got to bed, we were just so dirt tired, we were just angry, and we had just get, did this whole amazing vacation. We're just sitting there angry and and disturbed, and thankfully we you know we had Sunday to to sleep it off and and you know get back into the groove. But man, tell you what, getting back in the groove of thing was crazy. Um, but yeah, then last last little thing because you asked post that uh, did finally wrap up all the things with my house. And Wednesday, I was supposed to sign the last little bit at the title title office. And what happens? Those SOBs forgot one stupid form to have us sign. Mm. It was the termite inspection form. Not even anything crazy important, but we had to sign it, so I had to go back to the underwriter. So next oh. Wednesday will be the official end of the saga of this house. It'll be sold. Mm. I'll get my money. Everything will be great. But man, I was—it was just like, "Will you? Are you kidding me?" One well, stupid termite inspection form. Well, David, at least oh. you are not. Don't you'll be done with your whole house deal. I have not lived in my house in Missouri in a year and a half, and it hasn't sold. I'm still paying for it, paying that mortgage, and paying my rent here. Oh my it's God. debilitating, right? I oh. found a buyer. I found a buyer. I found a buyer. They're going to buy it. We're going to do seller financing, right? Which means they don't go, they just take over my mortgage, right? I just transfer it instead of like them getting their own. Anyway, we're going to do it. They sent in the earnest money. Then they got the home inspection and they're like, no, nah, we're going to back out. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Oh. The, home inspection, the home inspection reads as if they think my house is going to fall over on them. And they back out. So now here I am. Oh, like, my, oh my goodness. <laughs> God not. damn it. A year and a half later, this house has been empty and I'm still paying for it. And it's just, it's oh like oh. dragging me down here. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that, man. man That's, dude. There's nothing worse than that. Goodness. They act like the house, this is the home inspection, reads like this thing should be condemned if you read their home inspection. Home inspectors are some of the worst people. And so, so uh, the, the person who's buying my place uh, went the VA loan route. And I read the inspection. They sent back a lot of doom and gloom. But realistically, the only thing, the only thing that the VA kicked back on was like two spots outside there were there was there's a wood frame around the garage and a little piece of wood uh, like a kick plate against the front door they wanted it painted <laughs> that was the one no thing they kicked. paint it yourself well that's the, one of the, the easiest things to do is paint yeah. the, 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 the buyer was like i'll just <laughs> the buyer was like i'll just send somebody to paint it so they they went ahead and, and paid for the painting and all that sort of stuff but it was like man I hate how I hate house selling. I never want to just sell a house again. It's the worst possible thing in the world. <laughs> Good grief. It's literally awful. This home inspection literally reads as if my house should be condemned, which yeah, that's wild. It's perfectly fine. I mean, is it like perfect, pristine, brand new? No, it's it's a fifty year old house. It's gonna have some issues, right? Yeah. 
No, it's not allowed to have issues, Eric. What are you talking about? <laughs> not man? allowed to have issues, right? Not allowed to have issues. Good. Well, and heck, you probably have a better interest rate than what they're offering now, right? I know that's a big thing right now. Or pe people will take over an existing loan if the interest rate's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sure mine's mm -hmm. lower than what you can get right now. God, I thought I was done. I thought I was done. Oh, man. Oh, man. Man, bro. That sucks. We signed the contract. They'd sent the earnest money in. And we're like, I'm like, man. yes. Yes. No, no. Every time I, I was like, out, I was like, I was like that guy in the black suit going, no. How'd they go again? No, you get one. You get no, one no, take. Sorry, I wasn't listening. How'd it, how'd it go again, Eric? I'm one take. One take freaks. <laughs> I think he's two take freaks, but. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So, um, we started um, we started a new session this week um, at the university, and um, I taught on um, I always teach on on Tuesdays, and um, it was Wednesday night that I like over twenty four hours after the class the first class of this new session ends, and I get this email, and it's like professor. Um, sorry that I, I missed class yesterday. I had to work and, um, yeah. Like, could you just tell me like, uh, what I need to know for this semester and like what I missed in class? And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm feeling like particularly snarky, you know, mind you, I, I did not actually send this email that I wanted to send. I'm like, you know, what if I told you that everything you need to know is in the syllabus? <laughs> Because it is right. right. I've <laughs> written, I've written a syllabus or two in my, in my, in my decade plus. Of right. <laughs> teaching. Right. What if I told you everything you need to know is in the syllabus? And uh, what did you miss in class? Oh, I don't know. The entire discussion about the history of the counseling profession. You know, no big deal. Fine. <laughs> I love, I love when somebody misses a day and they come back. Did we do anything yesterday while I was gone? <laughs> no. We just sat around twiddled our thumbs and waited for you to come back today. <laughs> I mean, like, if you're gonna miss, like, even even if you get called into work, right? Like, like it's happening right as class or something is starting. I would just just send me like a quick note, like, like in the middle of class. Like, that's fine. Just let me know. But like this after the fact kind of stuff just kind of drives me batty. I don't know. That's yeah. just, that's just me. Yeah, it does. So anyway, that's all I got gang. It's, it's been kind of a, a, a chill ish week, um, for the most part. And, um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking forward to, uh, this discussion tonight. Um, as we talk about the season finale, y'all want to, you want to just go ahead and get to it and talk Shrek. Let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. <clears throat> All right, everyone. This is your red alert. Um, as we go into spoilerific territory and talk about Star Trek Lower Decks Season 3, Episode 10, otherwise known as the Season 3 finale, The Stars at Night. I've been making bright. <laughs> 
deep in the heart of Texas. Oh, is that what that's from? Yeah. Okay, I didn't I didn't catch that reference. Prairie sky is wide and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. Okay, well, Chase, you actually are a Texan. I'm just a transplant. <laughs> just a transplant. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, well, before we start talking about this episode, David, did you get a chance to listen to any of our discussion from last week? It's okay if you didn't, because I know you're busy and you said you didn't no, get into didn't. 2, a, 2 a.m. or whatever. <laughs> no, unfortunately, I didn't. <clears throat> I just want to say, Chase, give yourself a pat on the back. Eric, myself, give myself a pat on the back. Because damn if we didn't peg this episode completely. Oh, my god! We literally yeah. got every single thing right. We're like, what if the wait, whoa, whoa. Did we just figure this out? I, I literally, <laughs> I think I cracked like, the code. Dude. I think like three times I said, "All right, we just we just cracked the case, Gumshoes. We we totally did. <laughs> we did we, three times." And I was like, "I'm not even a theory crafter." And I was like, "Wait, <laughs> back the truck up." Yeah, if anyone and as I'm watching this, as I'm watching this, I'm like, "Dang, good job, <laughs> golf clap." If anyone is curious about when we might have started to predict that in the last podcast episode go to about the 40 minute mark of of the episode yeah scroll to the end and at around 40 minutes like between 40 and like 44 minutes is when that discussion happens so there you go but yeah like holy shnikes like i'm watching it i'm like we did it we did it we totally did it so yeah, I I don't I don't even know how how you uh, how you guys went about it, but um, yeah, I don't I don't want to start off any sort of disparagement, but it, it did seem mildly predictable. I probably didn't think about it as quite as much as you guys did, seeing as you're patting yourselves on the back. Um, I mean the the, the prior episode, I, I did see your guys' scores for the prior episode. I mean, I thought it was I thought it was fine, but I mean, they they did go a little a little bit of a kind of predict, predictable end route. And are they are they were uh, are they getting an, another season? Do we know that? Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, I didn't see it the first time I watched this, but the second time, there's like a post credit scene. Oh, I missed that. No, <laughs> you can just turn it on and scroll to the end right now. Yeah, no, I would never. No, I never do that, Eric. I would never <laughs> scroll to the very I, end of the episode on the iPad. I missed it the first. Time. I missed it the first time. I was gonna because I just turned it off. But the second time, I was gonna watch the like the ready room thing. So I was just letting it like the timer count down. <laughs> I was oh, like, wait, well, well. what is this? I missed this the first time. Yes, I am totally not watching. <laughs> I, I didn't see it. <laughs> this is great. They're both going to go watch it right now. All right. The so anyway. stars at night. We open. Not captain's log. Commander's log. For, for First officer's log. Ransom. Starting whatever, 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 whatever. Point whatever. 
<clears throat> the Cerritos is back in space dock getting repairs because we've been attacked by the Breen. We got made fun of on TV and Carol Freeman's back at Starfleet Command getting raked over the coals. Right? Yes. There we are. That's the setup, right? An Admiral Les Buenamigo, right? Just remember, his first name is Les and then <laughs> Buenamigo. How convenient. <laughs> right? I didn't even catch his first name until this episode. I was like, oh, that's smart. <laughs> mm-hmm. Les Buenamigo. Not a good, got not a good amigo. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, it's it's ransom giving this giving this little captain's log, and yeah, we're we're at um, at the council and everything. And uh, sorry, I'm trying not to watch the post credit scene right now while we're doing this. This is awkward. Um, <laughs> it's like it's like three seconds, guys. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, so <laughs> this is great podcasting, by the way. Um, so yeah, we're we're there, and it's all these admirals, and basically, like, hey, let's shut down um, the Cali class, and um, hey, Carol, we want you to be a fleet captain. By hey, the way, you want some desk job. Which I was a little confused, like whenever they they showed the uniform. By the way, because I swear it was like three, like an like a three pip admiral. Yeah, it looked like it had the little box around around the right, pips. but like it had a- epaulets also. But it only had three pips, not four. So that's right. strange. Why would it be a captain? Right. <clears throat> right. Right. Anyway, so there's a bunch of back and forth, and Carol's kind of pissed off about it. Like, like she probably should be like you know like with everything that happened like with the breen and blah 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 and you know like the cali class you know being specifically used for like all these second contact things um and now like the texas class is apparently going to do it better because we don't need manpower to go boldly check and in and check in and say stuff. hi and yeah cross your t's and dot your i's and make sure things are spelled correctly right so what are we going to do? Well, we're going to do, um, we're just going to do a little race, a mission race, you know, and, and just made it up on the fly. <laughs> right. I mean, that's what I do. All I what is that? Oh, we could do this stuff in our sleep. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's where we are with all but, this. But I love before we even get to this mission race, like, Boimler runs in and is like, Hector's girlfriend's brother's something's Vedic says that the whole Cali class is getting shut down. Who's Hector? <laughs> Towel guy. Oh, guy. <laughs> oh, the Gossip King. He's never wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like, it was like the seven degrees of like Hector's girlfriend, sister's girlfriend's <laughs> brother's cousin Vedic or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> And, and then he starts doing impressions. And I uh, mean, man, man uh, like, Jack Quaid did a pretty good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. He did. <laughs> Is Star- that what I sound what like to you? <laughs> you know. And then he's like, "Ransom, if I don't get my personal gym, I'll just have to go back to Barcelona." <laughs> but Barcelona, 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 <laughs> baby bear. 
<laughs> is that what I sound like? <laughs> Have you has that ever like happened to you when you've been like talking about somebody and the people are like behind you because that person walks up? Has that ever happened only, to you? It only ever happened with teachers. <laughs> yeah. 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 <clears throat> I, uh, oh, great. Okay. Confession time. So <laughs> I'm, I know I'm going to probably piss someone off with this story and it's, it is what it is, but I thought I was being very smart and witty with my joke that I was making at the time. So like I was, ta- I was in, um, Mr. Babiez's, um, I think it was like world history class. That sounds the right. Class we had together. Did we both have Babiez together? Yes, that's the class we had together was world history with Babias, the tall, the tall basketball coach guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought you and I had um, um, political science together, or or not political science, um, like so. Uh, it was like a political science or sociology course, I like never a took across any class. the street. I never, I never took any class like that. Okay. Anyway, Babias. Here we go. It's dude. It's been like almost twenty years. It's <laughs> been a long. It's been a long time. That hurts to say, by the way. <laughs> Um, so Mr. Babiez is, is Catholic, um, by the way, and this was around the time, um, that Lent was happening and, um, I don't remember exactly what I did, but it was, it was not cool. Um, I was like doing an impression of him and then he told me, um, to stop. I need to like give it up or something. I'm like, what, like you're teaching for Lent and Cause like the thing about Lent is like, you give up something that you really like, that you really love or whatever. And I know he loved being a teacher. So like, I thought I was being smart with that joke. I, <laughs> it did not end well. So didn't go over well. no, no, but I was doing some kind of impression of Babby as I can't, it's anyway, <laughs> we should probably keep going, right? Yeah. Okay. Mission race. We're doing a mission race uh, where we have like, um, was it like three, four planets that we're going to go off to to do like different little little tasks or whatever. And we're, we're lined up at, at the starting line at, at Space Stock. You know, we do like the countdown and all that was missing was just like someone standing out there like waving a flag for it to like <laughs> the cherry on top. You know what I'm saying? Um, and like just the Cerritos is like, zooms right on out of there yeah. and like Carol Freeman warp me <laughs> <laughs> now granted warp me is not hit it or anything but yeah. it's totally better than let's fly yeah for sure God, but but look you, you're missing the very important preparation because what you really have to know when you get in a mission race is how to properly take a seat just swing your leg over the, right over that chair. Right, and we're doing sovereign class level stuff. You know, I want I want commander data level of work down here in engineering, folks. You know what I'm saying? No, that was a pretty good joke, Rance. Like I'm that. sitting, sitting. You got to step over the chair from the back. For... The Riker maneuver. Hmm. Mm. Good stuff. Good stuff. 
Oh, yeah, right. and then and the the Alito doesn't doesn't go at first. Nah, I give him a head start. Let's see how this works. Yeah, yeah. And Which, you know when they when they oh go ahead Chase. I was gonna say real quick because this was part of the discussion last week. But David, I don't think you know this, um, but Alito, Texas, is like one of the next towns over from where I live. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. So it was kind of I was like freaking out like last week whenever that episode popped up and there's the USS Alito Texas class. So that, that was it. So yes, the, the Alito is getting ready to go do its thing basically. And so, so when we stop at the first planet, it's the episode from, it's the, the planet from the pilot episode, second contact. Mm-hmm. And like, Hey, cool callbacks. And I was like, is every planet going to be some kind of callback? Cause I thought that would have been a neat thing to do. Right. Where, <laughs> Hey, now we we're here. Hey, this is where we were. Now we're going to another planet where we were. We're actually doing like a second contact checkup, right? More like like a third contact almost. Like a swing back. Yeah, like a sw- operation swing back, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, I mean that's not what we got, right? But that's okay. Right. Right. Um so yeah, the Cerritos crew like they're being like super earnest and like, you know, just trying to like do their dead level best with all this stuff and they get to that first planet and they start beaming stuff down and like rushing off you know like like you're part of a scavenger hunt you know like with that level of like swiftness and uh, yeah they start setting stuff up and then the Alito finally catches up and just beam in this giant tower thing I don't know what that was it was a half of a power plant is what, is is that what it was said. okay yeah um so yeah, and then they're like, "Oh my gosh, they can they can beam down the entire prefab things." Oh my gosh, which was kind of <clears> cool, by the way. You know, you know what I didn't like about this though, like when they get there, the Galadornians or whatever the Gal is Galadornians. Let's go, let's go with that. I don't know if that's right. <clears throat> they're like, on behalf of all of us, welcome. No time, no time. It's like, hey, you're second contact. You're checking up on people. You're being diplomatic. You just invited yourself to this planet without asking and you like i said last week you just beam down without ringing the doorbell or knocking on the door right like have some tact be nice be diplomatic i did that just kind of didn't sit well i know i get it we're in a race but like let's let's have some diplomacy here Mm-hmm. Well, it, it would have made a it would have made a better point too, because in, on our second planet that we get to, that we're supposed to build the outpost, Tendi finds what she thinks is microscopic life. It doesn't wind up being, but it shows how the crew s- slows down and they actually follow the procedure. It actually would have been, in my mind, a little bit more poignant if they would have stopped and like did a traditional greeting. It's like, well, it got us a little bit behind, but hey, look, this is the interpersonal side of having humans or people or you know uh, just people in general make a contact because if you just have this automated chip dumping crap on people uh, what are they going to think so yeah I I actually I I agree I I think it would have been a cooler point and then later you could have built those two points up together to make the case and then you go into the twirly mustache stuff Mm -hmm. that's a a really good point I like it so yeah, we're we're going about. We continue to go about our our different tasks of our our mission race, and uh, things just continue to go south. And 
along the way, Rutherford is like recognizing something, but he can't. He's, he hasn't been able to quite put his finger on it. Um, it looks familiar. It's like that thing, like, I know that actor from somewhere, or I've heard this thing before. But... Total, total that guy actor. That guy! Yeah. I know that guy! <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, in fact, like this, that happened to me um, not too long ago. I was trying to think of this video game that was on the original Xbox, and I'm like, it sounds like this, but it's not that. And, like, I had to do, like like all sorts of like Google searches to finally figure it out anyway. So yeah, like Rutherford's like, what in the, why do I, why does this code look so doggone familiar and more on that later. But as we keep going, um, you know, we, in the middle of all this before, like the big reveal of like stuff that's going on with the ships, we come back to, um, Admiral Buenamigo's um, ready room or whatever, wherever he's at. And he ends up having this very like evil, cackly, sinister laughter bit going on. Um, which, by the way, Eric, thank you for pointing out the fact that he's got some, some Texas swag on his shelf. I know. I was watching and I was like, is that the Alamo behind him? You know, mm-hmm. as, a, as a current San Antonian right that i have to like if i see the alamo that's the alamo right i was at the alamo that's i was at the alamo last friday night really really yeah because we went down to the river walk and you always whenever you go to the river walk you gotta start at the alamo that's true that's i mean you have you been to the alamo chase yes i have i've i in fact i saw the alamo movie at the mall right next to the alamo oh did you know that that doesn't exist anymore that movie theater what in the mall doesn't well <clears throat> well i i made the movie theater but like a bunch of like the shops on that first street right across the alamo have been permanently shut down because they're trying to take back space that belongs to the alamo hmm. so they're like like the ripley's the ripley's believe it or not across the street that's like gone there's some other things that are gone as well interesting huh I think one one of my buddies just recently got engaged. Uh, he just proposed to um, his, his girlfriend um, outside the Alamo. Mm, I think okay. it was last Friday, actually, which is kind of funny that you were there. Dang, I was totally there last Friday night. Yeah. Last yeah, Friday I was like, night. I was like, that's the Alamo. That's cool. I didn't realize this guy was a Texan. But, but you know, I mean, later on, we get the Texas class and the Alito, yeah. right? And then the other ships that we'll get to. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's cool. The Alamo. I had to point yeah. it out. Yeah. Um, so this is where I think I might, I might get a little bit confused, but um, I think it's around this time, like shortly after we see him in his ready room, just having a good time laughing, um, that... Is this the part where he basically um, tells the ship to, um, like, target the Cerritos, basically? No, no. What happens is, like, there's the Brigadoon planet, right, that phases in. That's right. And the the Alito makes it there in time because it didn't, it didn't stop to, like, you know, check for life, which right. it should have. 
And then, so they get there, and then when the Cerritos gets to the Brigadoon planet, it's already phased out. And so the Cerritos loses the, the mission race. And he kind of does his little laugh right then. <clears throat> and this is when, like, Rutherford is starting to really remember. He's like, I remember, I remember. And I think this is my code. This is my code for when I was a young, angry, hotshot racer guy. Yep. And then and then Carol Freeman overhears at this moment Tendy talking because Tendy's blaming herself for like losing this race and she's like, ah, the California class is going to get shuttered and it's all my fault. Ah, I'm terrible. Why don't people like me? Why can't I do things well? Yeah, and like, why, <laughs> like, why do we stop? Why do we, ha why do we stop and scan for life or something like that? Well, that of course that was the right thing to do. And she's like, if it yeah. was the right thing to do, why didn't the Alito do it? And Carol Freeman's like, ah, why didn't the Alito do it? Why didn't ah. the Alito do it? Yeah. So she runs off and and ends up talking to Buen Amigo, and then shortly thereafter, pretty much, Rutherford runs up. And he has like he has the realization everything's coming together. We finally get some payoff with the Rutherford story. Thank the prophets. We we finally get some payoff on this. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah, we've been asking for it for like, can we get some follow up on this? Right. Right. And and like last week I was like, in the season finale, it's gotta be about the Rutherford storyline, right? It's got to be. And we're like, like it was right and mm -hmm. but because it, it had it literally had to be yeah it did yeah it truly had to be so um yeah rutherford we we see like a like some kind of flashback where it, it it's the code and it goes back to like whenever he got injured and it's a much we find out it's a much younger buen amigo that was behind taking his memories basically and giving him the implant and making rutherford who he is today basically because of like this automation thing that Buen Amigo had been working on for friggin' ever with the Texas class. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he didn't want to hit a wall when he became Admiral. He wanted to have a pet project already in the works instead of like having to build one then. <clears throat> Which kind of seems like a dumb motivation. It's convenient. <laughs> I didn't want to hit a wall, okay? So... I, I need. I, I'm. I'm gonna lean on both of you on this one. Perhaps maybe a little bit more, Eric. But is are either of you aware of any other ships, by the way, with a designation of NA and then their serial number? No. Because like the NX class is the experimental class. Yeah, like that's what you do before they're officially rolled out into the fleet. You give it an NX for ex an experimental class, an experimental ship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, but I don't, the, I don't know of an NA. I mean, yeah, that's that's what the Texan, the Texas class was, was a, an NA. But like, like what's what's it supposed to stand for? Is that like an automated, automated. experimental? I don't, I don't know, maybe like an automated craft or something like that. <clears throat> Well, what was the, um, was it the, um, oh, shoot, uh, message in a bottle. Um, that wasn't, that was, that, that wasn't an automated ship, was it? No, that had a crew, but it, it was able to like operate with a very minimal crew. 
Right, and but the only ones that we ended up seeing truly were um, the doctor and the Andy Dick doctor. Yeah, because the the um, the Romulans killed all the crew. Right. So, so my question is: Do you remember? I know, I know we're in an alternate timeline. Um, <clears throat> the the RoboCops big experimental ship that Khan helped him build. The Dauntless or Dauntless, something like that? Yeah. yeah. Do you remember what that had a registry of? If that was NX, if that even had a registry? I want to say it was an NX. You're talking from uh, Into Darkness, right? Yes. RoboCop, right? Yeah. I mean, that's... I mean, he's had an incredibly long career, Peter Weller, but that's all anybody ever refers to him as, is RoboCop. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't the Dauntless. I'm sorry. Um, it was the Dauntless, wasn't it? Oh. Uh, Vengeance. The USS Vengeance. Oh, the Vengeance. Okay. That's what it was, and in, um, it was. A dreadnought class, but what was its registry? Come on now. Um, small model of the Vengeance was openly displayed by, uh, alongside other notable uh, vessels from Starfleet history, including the NX class Enterprise and USS Kelvin. Okay, but what is your class? People are yelling at us right now. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Message in a bottle. That the that was the Prometheus, which had an NX designation as well. Okay. There we go. We learned something. Totally. <clears throat> did it, guys. We did the thing. Good job. We yeah. All right. Great. Anyway, <clears throat> where were we? <laughs> this is when he goes mustache twirly, right? <laughs> <laughs> I will just say, I will just say that you attacked the Alito out of vengeance for losing, and I'm just gonna have it destroy you. Yeah. Wait, you can't do that. That AI has daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he act so he activates like other other Texas class things and they go off and just on a murderous automated killing spree thing. Yeah, they activate the USS Dallas hmm. and the USS Corpus Christi. All the Texas class ships. You know, I'm really not digging Texas being a bad guy right now. I'm really not digging it. <laughs> well, Chase, we all know. We all know what you guys are up to down there. You just you're just bad I mean, people. You're bad I people mean, in Texas. The California class is the good ship and the Texas class <laughs> is the bad ship. Gee. <laughs> oh that doesn't take a genius to figure out. Right. <laughs> oh boys. I'm not I'm not feeling it right now, gang. I mean, um, David, how would you feel if it was the Ohio class ship? And it was like the USS Sandusky. <laughs> I mean, like, let's not get crazy here. That'd be a really cool ship. 
that's probably falling apart, but it's fine. It still works. The, the USS Cleveland. No one wants to serve on that well, ship. The, the USS, the USS would Cleveland die. would be on fire, probably. <laughs> the USS Dayton. No, okay. USS now you can keep naming cities, but we're just dying. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The, the Cincinnati. The USS Mommy. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> the, the USS, USS Cedar Point. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Now we're going to theme parks in Ohio? Okay, the in USS Sand- Kalahari. In Sandusky, right? <laughs> okay. The USS Great Wolf Lodge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Let's just stop there. <laughs> anyway, the the ships start attacking the Doritos. And I'm like, dang, there's a lot of time left in this episode. True story. And True we get story. a ship coming to the rescue, and it's uh it's a sovereign class. Yeah. And I asked last week, was that a sovereign class ship? It was, and this is another one. Mm-hmm. And it is quickly <laughs> dispatched of. Like yes. it is, is gone. Like see you later, goodbye. Like no pomp and circumstance. Like pew pew, you gone. Um, and we have we have a little bit of a break here. Um, to kind of keep the episode going. Like we catch up with Mariner, who's um going all Indiana Jones like in this episode. Like getting like the gold fertility idol, but instead of it being like the fertility idol, it's a Ferengi looking thing. Yeah. And she starts questioning. Like, hey, how are we getting paid? And like, oh, that's funny well, that you act like you know anything about money. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, and like getting a little, little suspicious, and um, yeah, uh, and her, her friend, I can't remember her name, but she goes off to get like Pet- some, Petra, Petra, get some, get some like slushies or whatever for him. And she's like trying to be all sneaky by staying away from the mission and research and she's caught and we find out that it's apparently Admiral Picard that's like bankrolling this or something. I mean, how does that make you feel? Like I get it, like Picard, he's an archaeologist and and at heart and that's what he studied and you know, his prof- his his advisor, his professor was upset that he didn't go into archaeology instead, right? Mm-hmm. And I get, you know, okay, he wants to protect artifacts and he, you know, from profiteers and things, but like something about drop name dropping Picard here just doesn't sit right with me. No, because we have a ba- we've basically turned Picard into uh, Marcus Brody, yeah. and um, we've turned Mariner into Indiana Jones. Yeah, got lost in his own museum, did he? Yeah, I, I didn't really I didn't really care all that much for the Picard thing, but they, they obviously didn't want to make uh the character to which I do not remember her name. Uh Petra, off the top Petra. of my head. Yeah, sure, there you go. I That's literally just told Chase like two minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, but Eric, that would require me listening to everything you say, and you, you know, know that doesn't You know what I would have appreciated if it was Vosh. That would have made more sense. Yeah. I think they just wanted to throw Picard in there just to throw yeah. something. He's got his own show. He doesn't need a callback. Drop yeah. the Easter eggs in there and the name drop in and 
all the things. It's like we're going to get Jellico in that other show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of. I'm kind of excited to see how that goes. Right. We can talk about that later. Yeah, on a different in a, in a, at a different time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <coughs> well, through all that, Petra's like, "Hey, by the way, you really want to join? Get back with Starfleet again? <laughs> you should see what's going on. Let's 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 watch the news." <laughs> and um, like, all they see all the shenanigans and like, "Shut up, I'm driving!" And like, they'd go try and save the day. And apparently, they talk to some friends along the way too, get a little help from our friends. Look, th- that news thing was weird to me. So you're telling me, you're telling me that this whole attack is just on the news yeah. and they get one ship to respond to it initially, but it's on the flipping news, like apparently galaxy wide. Yeah, that, yeah, like it's very convenient. It's like whenever you're watching a movie or, or a TV show, you get a, your phone rings turn on the news and you just turn on the TV and you're automatically on the news channel and yeah. it's showing you exactly what you need to see at that time. Yeah. It's like pretty convenient. Right? convenient. Yeah. And like, isn't like we're, we're, we're in sector zero zero one, aren't we? Like we're, we're back at home base, like near planet earth. I'm pretty sure. Aren't we? I think so. So like, if that's the case, like we have like, access to more than one ship like we have access to some on on like raider rock and roll standby fleet stuff going on we should yeah right with it with it being like home right like still the ufp um you know base of operations we should have like some starfleet ships raider rock and roll right there yeah, but I still I still like Carol Freeman's decision. Like these three ships are attacking, you know, this Federation starbase. And she's like, "We want I want to try to lead them away like so they don't for some reason possibly turn back towards Earth or or Mars or somewhere, right? So it's like I got to get the danger away." So I actually like that decision by her and she's like, "Get me out of here, maximum warp." Mm-hmm. And the Cerritos can only go warp eight. Dang, that's yeah. slow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're just pursuing. And I, I like how we're we're on the bridge, and we do have a, a moment, a very brief moment, but we have a moment where Carol's asking for options, which I did appreciate, by the way. But that's kind of like lost in like a moment when people are like being ignored, like left and right. And Boimler just, he's fed up. He's like, shut she's up. Not actually, she's not that. actually listening. She's saying, no. what are ideas? But she's not letting her crew talk and she's not listening to them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She does it half right. And Shaq says, like, we should eject the warp core. And granted, he like is always wanting to do that because it sounds like it's fun. And Boimler, like, <laughs> finally is like getting some redemption with with Shax by saying shut up we should listen to the dude and what do you know we we do and you know it'll blow things up and um, that should be the end of it it should be the end of it, it is I not. feel like I feel like t- like blowing up the warp core is a last resort and I, I know we did it it was over a year ago that we did it but it still feels like it's being it's done too much right it's only twice 
that we've done it like recent memory blown up the warp core but that still feels like too much because it's both times it's in the season finale and it's like shoot we gotta get out of here we gotta take the get rid of the people that are chasing us and we're desperate let's eject the warp core i don't know i know it's only twice but it still feels like too much well there's something else that's coming up that i feel like we do too much of also yeah but i actually don't mind that here i i don't mind it either but it still happens quite a bit yeah we'll get to that yeah all right so we eject the warp core it's a mine it blows up the ships but it rips us out of warp and now we're stranded decades from home without a warp drive okay I, I i think i have a problem with something unless i'm just not remembering my star trek science stuff but uh-huh. there's a part um before we you know before we even talk about ejecting the warp core we're we're in a warp field and we're being pursued by these three ships now i realize that they're they're automated but don't I swear I remember something somewhere in the world of Star Trek science that you can't fire while you're at warp. Like, you can't fire phasers while you're at warp. I think you can fire phasers. I don't think you can fire torpedoes. Because I feel like I've seen phasers before at warp. I don't know. I was just... I'm going to have to double check that. But like, that was something that kind of just, I was like, eh, kind of like head scratching whenever I was seeing that happening with all the, I know, I know if we go to a different star, um, something franchise star gate, you definitely cannot shoot anything in the hyperdrive in Stargate's universe. That has been clearly said like many, many times, like, <clears throat> no no weapons you can't you can't launch shuttles you can't launch gliders you can't do anything of that in stargate's hyperdrive what was it in um in the motion picture whenever like they're all tripping on like the light show like they they're like delay that they hole. fell through a wormhole and he was gonna fire he was gonna fire a torpedo i think okay i always fall asleep in that movie so i never am able to keep it straight so <laughs> Um, sorry. Okay, that was it. That was my little my little rabbit trail. Um, but yeah, we 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 fall out of we fall out of warp, and we are stranded. And we think that we've blown them up, and we've done some good. And the dust has settled, so to speak, and they pop right up. Mm-hmm. And moments later, we have Mariner, who ends up show, showing up in her little ship, little, um, little. Um, to try and and draw attention away, basically, and like you can't you can't do anything, Mariner. You can't like not with a one ship. Oh, I, I brought some friends. I brought a friend, and it's like first like just one other Cali class ship, and then like another one, and another one, another one. And, like we're like starting to name off like all these like California cities, basically. So honestly, I did not know that Cerritos was the name of a city in California. Oh, okay. Like I I didn't know that. But then when they start naming off all these cities in California, I'm like, let me go look that up. Cerritos. Yeah, you, you mean oh, Bo- Boimler's, Boimler's rapid speed runoff of all the cities in, in California there? How long do you yeah. think they had to practice that? 
don't know. Was there was there an Anaheim? I swear there should have been. An uh, I, there probably was. The USS Hollywood. I don't think there was a Hollywood. That's a flashy oh. ship. <laughs> no, but I know what Chase meant. He said, like, we've been doing this a lot. Like, you know, season finales. Here comes the fleet to the rescue. And it's like, that's such like an easy thing to do is like, hey, we have a big battle in the season finale and let's bring in ships, you know, to the rescue. We did it in Picard season one. We did it in Lower Deck season one. We did it in Discovery season three. Feel like we, we. I mean, in somewhat of Picard season two, we've got a fleet at the end, right, to hold off the explosion thingy, whatever, whatever the heck that was that they're probably not even going to mention in season three. Strange <laughs> new worlds. <laughs> Strange new worlds. We had we had a, a fleet. It was an automated fleet that that Kirk from the future, right, brought with him, and now we're doing it here. It's like. Golly, is this the only thing you writers can think of for a season finale? And so at first I was like, I don't like this, but you know what? I kind of like it here because it, it feels more earned here than maybe it does in in other places. And it feels like, you know, here's the the, the quote unquote lower class, like the, the less important ships. And they're saying we're all banding together and and we're going to help each other out, you know, we're in this thing together because if one of us goes down, all of us go down. And I, and I like that here. I actually really do. Mm-hmm. I was, I mean, truthfully, I was getting a little misty eyed <clears throat> whenever I was watching this. Um, like seeing like one Cali ship after the other popping up. And I remember um, Mining the Mind's Minds um, episode where like the, the two like lower deck crews are kind of like um, like competing with one another. And then like it's like revealed like when they're kind of like stuck together like after like all the nightmare stuff is popping up like no like we hear we hear all like the cool things that like you know that the cerritos is doing like y'all y'all make the the cali class look good basically is i think like the essence of what they're saying so i really liked like that's what i was thinking of when they're showing up is like man like the cerritos has like this enterprise type of reputation and like they're showing up you know, to, to help out, like, you know, like probably the most popular of the Cali class at this point. Um, so like it, it did feel earned, but at the same time, it was kind of like, eh, just because we, like, like we've been saying, like, we just see the fleet so many times. Like, I know Eric, you've said this and maybe David said this too, but you know, like when the fleet showed up, like that was a big deal right like it was always a big deal when the fleet showed up and now it's just be- almost becoming like just a trope like it's almost a trope level thing now uh with star trek and i'm i'm kind of bummed by that yeah it, do- it does seem to be a little bit more formulaic right now with what they're with what they're doing but um i kind of agree a little bit with eric it, it was it was a little different I, I it felt a little different to me here I will say one other thing. Um, my God, was it violent? They got like they got like up close and personal violent with this. And sometimes you have to show a little bit of pain to get a little bit of buy-in. And one thing I'll say here is that you know we we literally had these these Texas class ships slicing apart the station, 
you know, shooting down our, our first ship that comes through. And it's, it, you see people like literally getting sucked out of, you know, the, the station and even the Cerritos too, which is uh, effectively crippled. So I think they did a really good job of, of uh, putting in some suspense here, a little bit of concern uh, for just people in general, which I thought was good. And then, you know, you bring in the Cali class, and I think it was more of a, a commentary of like, I don't want to think about it this deeply, and I doubt, well, I might have been thought about this deeply. We don't know about this Hollywood people. But, you know, it's, it's like people over machines, you know? the machines don't win here uh so it was it was just kind of nice to see you know the, these i don't like misfit ships that were literally just about to be put in mothballs band together under a common cause um you know to to rally behind their favorite favorite cali class ship and defeat defeat the automated uh threat here and like I like I said, and like we already discussed, when nobody else really showed up, oddly enough. So Yeah. Down with Skynet. <laughs> <laughs> I just want I mean, like, I know Mariner's got connections. I mean, like, she knew Riker pretty well for Pete's sake, but like how did I mean, it's Mariner, but like seriously, like how do you like on a non-Starfleet ship, get in contact with that many Cali-class ships spread out over God knows how many sectors, right? Mm -hmm. And this is one thing. Like, they're not all coming from the same place. So why no. do they all show up at the exact same time? The plot demands it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You're right. Yeah. I mean like if you're if you're like a, a second or a third or a fourth class kind of ship, like you're probably gonna be in places that no one else wants to be. Like you're probably hanging out near the gamma quadrant, near the fringes of the delta quadrant, maybe somewhere in the beta, you know, just doing whatever. You know, maybe you're just maybe you're stuck hanging out like at the promenade of Starbase eighty, where everyone goes to be forgotten, you know what I'm saying? But seriously, like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be using, Lord knows, how many different warp factors to be able to get from wherever you are to that place at the same time. And you can only go warp eight. Like, let's be honest. Like, compare in comparison, like, the Enterprise D could go warp nine point five, Voyager could go like nine point nine. No, they can go warp ten. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> in that one episode of Dragon. Prehistoric, prehistoric like babies whatever <laughs> I mean yeah yeah man oh lord <clears throat> so yeah they, they come in they save the day and um, Mariner is uh, very grateful that likes to have her friends and of course you know even her mom too um, alive and kicking which just settles it for her like she definitely wants to go back to starfleet as much fun as is you know being indiana jones like she wants to be back in and she has like more at this point gang at the time of this recording she has more like maturity it seems more resolve 
to be in Starfleet. Now that could be completely change if uh, season four ever rolls around, like in the opening credits, you know. Yeah, like we saw from the end of season one, and then the reset with her to season two. Yeah, which I really, I really hope we don't. I, I really hope we get to have like, you know, some continuity or whatever, man. Mm-hmm. I, I do. But you know, it's nice to see at the end all the California class ships and the captains, they're all gathered together and like, we're sticking together. Yay, Cali class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still don't like the fact that Texas was made to be the villain. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Not a fan. Well, like I said, California's the good guy, Texas is the bad guy. It doesn't take a genius to figure that one out. Yep. <clears throat> anyway. One more thing important here happens. Chase called this too last week. I did not. I was not even thinking. of This was not even on my mind. And, to, and Chase said, well, we, we got to do something with this. And we have the Vulcan. She has lost all control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Showing up. Right. I was like, dang, good one, Chase. Good for you. Golf club, golf club. Because, <laughs> like, this was not even on my radar. I, but here we go. We got to Lynn, man. We finally got to Lynn. Hopefully, she's like a regular cast member or crew member. You know, she could be so. a small player, but I hope she's not just there for like one episode or like, like a Kayshawn who like is there like. He's it's there, he's not basically. really there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. End scene. Yeah. Oh, and there, then there's, like, mentors, right? Like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Boim- Boimler gets his bridge buddy bridge in shacks. Buddy. Oh, God. You know, baby bear. <laughs> 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 and um, uh, Mariner and Freeman, they, they make up, and, um, and she specifically asked for Ransom to be her mentor. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Oh, good gravy, gang! Yeah, that that is it. Scene, and scene. Uh, but Eric Eric so astutely pointed out, and I think uh, David and I might have uh, looked into the historical archives at one point. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I missed it the first time too. I was literally had to watch it a second time to even see. I was like, wait, what's that? What's this? Well, the, you know the thing I've noticed is like if there is like an end, like a post credit kind of thing with streaming, usually it won't do like the the pop the pop up in the corner to count down to the next thing. Yeah, like it'll just like stay there. Yeah, and like that's the thing. Like it popped up and it's like Star Trek Discovery will be starting in five, four, three. No, I no. Um, well, like, when I watch oh, it on Amazon Prime, it's like a whole sixty second countdown. Mm-hmm. If it's if there's not another episode, like if you're wife, like if I was watching episode two and it was gonna roll into episode three, gotcha. it would be like gotcha. ten seconds. I got gotcha. But if it's like there's no the next thing is like the ready room, it's like a whole minute countdown. Okay. Well, there we go. There we go. So yeah, there's a little scene where there's debris in space and something's glowing and you see badgy. And I guess Mike McMahon had been teasing this for a while, but I'm not I'm not on the Twitterverse, so I didn't see his teasing of this. You seem really excited about Badgie there, Chase. Do I? Is it is it showing that much? 
Hey, Feels like this is going to be a 10 episode for you, mm. just based on Badgie. Badgie killed Shax. Yeah. He's a bad dude. <laughs> so, shall we move on to uh, the evaluation portion? Let's do it. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. <laughs> All right. All right, everyone. So we're going to move into uh, evaluating this episode, starting with the Delta, where we look at the different divisions of Starfleet service, such as command with leadership, stuffs, um, operations like security, uh, communications, operations, logistical stuffs, and science. So um, with that, um, David, what are you thinking? Okay. Deltas. Um, command. Command. You know, I, I think that... Um, I, I think that we've all kind of, at certain times, dogged on Freeman. And I think that that's still pretty prevalent here for me. While she did make a couple of, uh, you know, decisions in this episode, it was largely kind of on the the back of being really, uh, I, I don't know, what, like a one-track mind and then just all of a sudden hearing something out of the corner, like with, with Tendi, and even towards the end where, like, Boimler literally has to, like, yell at her, <laughs> listen to Shax. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I, I, I'm still, you know, I'm I'm not really sold on, on her. Uh, I, I think it's really admirable for uh, Mariner to come back and want to save her friends, you know, talk her, her new friend that Eric, I've instantly forgotten her name again. Um, nope, I don't care. I will forget her name forever. But anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, mastering that situation and even getting her involved and, and rallying the other Cali class ships, um, I, I think shows a lot of uh, character for her. The, the Boimler thing with, with Shax, I, I I'm a little torn on that because I'm not quite sure if that's an element of his, his, like his personality geared towards command, or if it was literally just his sort of overwhelming need to, to need to want to be liked by everybody so i'm 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 kind of a little bit torn on that but i i i actually think i I gravitate a little bit more towards uh mariner here where despite literally being dismissed by everybody on this ship uh sent away by her own mother her even her own friends were questioning her you know what she had said to this reporter in the last episode it winds up being she was the only one trying to hype up the ship i I think that it shows uh, a tremendous amount of uh growth in her and you know to 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 effectively let all that just sort of let it go and and do the right thing and get in the situation uh even though it's dangerous and she's in a little tiny ship and she might not come out of it so I, I would actually give just a delta for command for Mariner for showing the right stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> Chase, you stop intruding on my thought pattern. <laughs> um, I think with with uh, like in, the engineering operations and engineering. I think uh, you know. So obviously we have this whole little race thing, and. 
I think the the interesting thing about that is that the Cerritos buckles down and actually tries to take this seriously and is setting up at breakneck speed like hey we need a power station hey we need to put up a, an outpost we're 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 scanning for life we're, we're doing a lot of these things at a bit of a breakneck speed and while they're not showing much in the way of diplomacy on our first planet they are you know doing all of this all of this stuff that probably would take months right for for a normal just not breakneck speed show to do so i think that you know you, you could certainly argue a delta for uh for the operations or in the, the engineering section of it because they did all of this stuff at breakneck speed that you know would traditionally i would assume take a lot longer sure um you know in, in science i i, I just kind of mentioned the whole uh searching for life thing and and you know being cognizant of of uh you know those directives and so forth and making sure that they're not doing harm to a planet and tendy's still very much in there doing that so i actually gotta say i would probably argue that this uh this show could uh clean sweep the the deltas and that's that's kind of where i'm at cool cool all right eric what are you thinking bud yeah like I've probably been the person who's been the most critical of Carol Freeman over over the course of three seasons here. I've used pretty strong words to describe her. I think incompetent is a word I've used before more than one occasion. I was going to say it's been recurring. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, so she's not incompetent here. Like I like the fact that she's fighting for her crew and I, I, I'm thinking to myself like is she fighting for her crew or is she fighting for her command and her ship is is that the thing that she doesn't want to lose is her ship her command or is she does she care more about her crew than than herself and, and I think the answer is probably her command but at the same point she says I don't want a desk job you were going to promote me but I don't want a desk job maybe that's just the the Kirk, the Kirkism of don't let them do anything to take you off the bridge of that ship. I don't know. Um, so like, I want to try to give Carol Freeman some credit for like fighting and saying, I'm going to like, I believe in my crew enough to go on this mission, this race. And, 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 you know, we can do this and we can beat the ship, this, this automated ship. And so like, I want to give her credit for that and say, Hey, that's good command. And trying to like inspire your crew and and yeah. get them to accomplish something something big, <clears throat> but at the same time, as David pointed out, she's like, and Chase pointed out, she's like, she's trying to listen to other people when they're in this situation, but but she's not doing it right. She's half the way there, right? She's not actually listening to people, so that like drags it down for me. So. I'm conflicted in that sense. Um, I think what David said about Mariner was a great point that I never even considered. So I'm going to be generous today because I'm in a good mood and give it a command Delta. I give Carol Freeman the benefit of the doubt here. Okay. 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 That's a biggie. Um, You know, for the engineering, like, like being able to like go in a rush, we're going to do some, some data level sciencing and engineering and operations here. And I, and I think, you know, 
you know, working on a tight schedule and putting all putting these these power plants and these stations together. That's like a feat of engineering. And then I like that they took time to science at the at the the uninhabited rock. They're like, wait, let's be cautious. Maybe this could be life. So, and then like ejecting the warp core, if you want to call that like an operations thing, because it it does kind of fall in line of there. Like we're doing something operationally to to get us out of this situation. I'm willing to give it that as well. So like I, I think I want to go and give a clean sweep of the deltas as well. I think that's probably the first time I've done that this season. Oh my! Oh well, I my. mean, maybe I've done it before. Maybe I did it in like reflections and room for growth. Uh, I can't. I can't remember. Those are good. We don't really write down. We keep track of our ratings, but not our deltas. <laughs> maybe that's intentional. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess I got to say something smart and stuff. Um, yeah, I had not even considered the the Mariner piece, but with Mariner, there has certainly been growth. I mean, really with all our, our lower deckers, but I really think like with, with Mariner in particular, there's been some, some maturity, there's been growth of some kind that's been, been taking place over this season. Um, in big and small ways, I think. So her, her saying, you know, like as much as I enjoy this, like do this to kind of like maybe get under people's skin, you know, just like you know, do whatever, you know, like my place is with Starfleet, and like thinking ahead to um, we need more people, like with this going on. So like let's let's um. Let's call in some favors, so to speak, like with all these Cali class folks. Um, yeah, I think like the the point about is this for her command, like talking about Freeman, is this about her command or for her crew? And I think um, earlier this season in particular, it was certainly for her own command, right? Like staying on the bridge. But I think there's been something about this episode in particular where it does lean I think more towards really the crew. Um, and I really think, and I really hope that we get more of that kind of Freeman, even though this is lower decks and like the focus is on our, our ensigns and our Lieutenant JGs basically. So I, I'm like you guys, I'm cool with giving, giving that away um, in terms of the command uh, Delta. The, I, I don't think I said this last time, because I don't remember, I don't really remember having much of a of a Delta conversation last time, um, but as evil and sinister as it was, I want to give some credit to Buen Amigo. Like, with all the engineering and the whatnot that went into automating a starship to run missions and bajillions of quackulations all at the same time and doing all this even if it did oh i mean yes it did overlook the 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 living organism stuff like the human touch so to speak like you got to give the dude some credit for what he was able to pull off and assemble a team which is both command 
and operations, like with engineering and, and even science to a certain extent, like how he pulled all that together. Now, how it was executed um, after the fact, not so good. But it is pretty darn good as far as I'm concerned. So I want to give him some credit on that. The science, I love the fact that we had like prime directive that was not just dropped, but it was actually acted upon with stuff like we actually had like science and prime directive stuff that was on display in earnest it was not just how much star trek can we fit in star trek in this episode so i'm totally cool with a sweep also with all the deltas so that's where i'm at nice nice um so with that let's move on to our numerical rating um, so on a scale of one to 10, one being a dumpster fire, 10 being absolutely amazing. Um, let's, um, let's go ahead and start with, um, Eric and then, um, David, I want to, um, you know, um, I want to certainly hear what you're going to be writing this episode, but I'd like to hear maybe like, uh, maybe like a brief rating of like what you gave last week's episode as well. So Eric, what do you got, man? You know, I like this episode. It, it it bears a striking similarity to the ultimate computer from the original series, which I think that's a slightly better episode than this episode. I mean, I just, I just, I'm really fascinated by that. And I, I, I thought that we had settled the debate, you know, over a hundred years ago of, you know, <clears throat> you need a, you need a captain, you need a crew, you need someone to actually make those decisions and you can't run a starship just by using a, a an advanced computer. Like, I thought that was settled. Like, I, I mean, I really didn't think we settled that back then. But, like, okay, apparently we didn't, right? Apparently, <clears throat> you know, we need to rehash things. But whatever, whatever. I like this episode. It was a good episode. Um, one thing that I'm, I really liked about this episode is that there wasn't a cliffhanger. Like, I know that, like, Star Trek does cliffhangers, and, and that's kind of, like, its thing right especially in the 90s 90s era trek and it's, it's really good cliffhangers too i'll say like you know best of both worlds redemption time zero <clears throat> um descent right and then you know all the all the next generation all those were the next generations all the deep space nine stuff and then uh, voyager it does it very well but like i'm, I'm kind of glad we didn't have a cliffhanger here you know like season one we had like the Boimler getting promoted and going away. And then season two, we had the Carol Freeman getting arrested. And, and I like how we just, we wrapped up our story here. Well, you know, there's the post credit scene, but whatever, like we got, we got a nice story. It's done. Okay. Let's move on. I like that. Um, I, I, you know, I liked the California class all rallying together, right? you know for a common cause like to support each other i like that mariner found her way back right you knew she was going to and maybe maybe it happened a little quickly i think chase said something last week that i hope it's not like resolved as like this soon but it was and and i and i think you know mariner for as much as she sometimes says she hates starfleet she she belongs in starfleet she is starfleet um yeah I like that we finally got some payoff from the Rutherford. I mean, they've been teasing this Rutherford thing since, like, the end of season one, 
and we're finally getting some payoff now. You know, we had the big Rutherford episode in the middle of the season, and we and I don't know if this is the conclusion or not. <clears throat> you know, we didn't see any of the like the Section Thirty One stuff with the evil with the evil William Boimler, right? I kind of thought we were going to see some of that here. I'm kind of glad that we didn't go to Section Thirty One because I think Section Thirty One gets way overused these days. Um, so I'm glad that didn't happen. <clears throat> One thing that I didn't like about this episode, and I'll say this about like the entire back half of this season, and I, and I don't want to get into my full thoughts about the whole season because I'm sure we'll do that at some time later. Maybe it'll take a whole year for us to get to the, <laughs> the retrospective of, of season three of Lower Decks like it did for us to get to the season two retrospective. But in this back half of the season... Like, Boimler got pushed to the side and pushed to the back. And, and like, he's our he's our 1A character, Mariner's our 1B character. Or maybe you switch them and put Mariner 1A and Boimler 1B. But I really felt like he had almost nothing to do in the back half of this season. And, and I'm, like, I know he's the one person who tells, like, Carol Freeman to shut up and listen to Shaxx, and that's like a big thing here but for all the talk about like we're gonna get bold boimler i don't really think we got bold boimler and i'm like disappointed that that like a season finale didn't have enough boimler and i feel like we had too much carol freeman in the back half and i get she's the captain but this is not a show about the captain so that's just like a, a little gripe that i have about this episode and you know i've gone on a long windy way here to say I enjoyed this episode. Is is it as hot? Is does it reach as high as some of the highs of this season? No, I don't think so. But I think it's a real. I think it's a good episode, and uh, it has a nine point two rating on IMDb, which is just way too high. I know that there's not very many ratings on there, but like, I want to give it an eight point. Three. I liked it. Okay. 8.3 yeah. from Eric, from Commander Eric. All right, yeah. David. You're up, man. What do you, what do you think about last week and what do you think about this week, man? Sure. So, you know, last week's episode was entertaining. Um, I, I would say while I might not have predicted it, it, it felt, it felt like exactly what I expected. So I like to be surprised. You know, I think, I think we've talked about here, uh, on the show a few times about, you know, maybe setting trends instead of, um, you know, just sort of falling into things that we've seen. So the, the last episode was, you know, it was it was chaotic in a funny kind of way. I mean, my God, how much pie does one person get on their person at any one time to track it through an entire ship? Um, but I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I don't think it was... Um, it, it certainly wasn't like one of the stronger episodes. It, it was a setup episode for this, uh, which I think was a much better episode. Uh, I was um, I was settling on like a solid seven. For, for last week's episode 
it was good. It was a setup, though. You know, Eric talked. Uh, you talked about um, about arcs. It's like mm-hmm. this would have been our arc. <laughs> this mm-hmm. this that would have been the setup for the the following season. Not not near sure. as tantalizing. Um, so for our current episode, I felt a lot of buy-in in this episode. Um, I think that like one of the reasons why we really like Prodigy is, you know, they developed characters really well. You had a buy-in into the show. The stories were interesting. It felt a little different than, than perhaps a lot of what we were watching around that time. And it has a special kind of place. And while, while this episode, like for you guys, you predicted, like you said, you said you predicted basically everything in the episode. That's not particularly what I want to hear, but I like the ending of it. I, I, I like the fact that we, we built up this sort of emotional buy-in. You saw a lot of the, the happenings, a lot of the destruction really face to face. And I think that that creates some emotional attachment to it. It makes the bad guy seem really, really bad and you got to defeat it. But I am kind of tired of sentient machines. Like I, I just, you know, I got machined out with, with discovery. Uh, and I, 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 I wish they would have came up with something different, like a different tie in for Rutherford. I'm glad that they button that up, but I, I wish that there just would have been something different. That's all. But as the episode sits, I like the development of Mariner. Um, I, I, I do hope as I think Chase said, I do hope that they continue on that track as opposed to doing a hard reset in the second era in the next season. Um, I, I like not so buen amigo, you know, being kind of our, our bad admiral, which again, it does kind of fall into that bad admiral storyline, which, which is, is fine, but he played a really good bad guy and he got his comeuppance at the, at the end. Um, but I, I did, I did enjoy that, you know, Eric was right with with Boimler. I, I kind of wish that we would have seen a little bit more because it had me questioning when he, you know, says "shut up, listen to Shacks." It's like, is that more for you, like your your ego, or was that actually you flashing the your your command, being bold Boimler or something like that? So I kind of do hope that they they do a little bit more with him in in the future. Um, but it does kind of seem like a little bit of a little bit of a a regression just you know as you talk about like 1a 1b characters and stuff like that um but i don't know it was it was kind of a you know goofy breakneck episode you have this goofy race to the end which is completely just uh, unrealistic but it's a cartoon it's it's kind of fun uh to to see the the and it was all a plan it was the admiral's plan to do all this. It was, you know, I knew about uh, everything going on. It was all a setup. <laughs> um, 
I can appreciate that. I can, I can appreciate get it being somewhat clever behind the scenes. Um, and some of the isms like, uh, uh, like ransom and, you know, his tactical chair sitting, like those are the kind of like tie-ins that are just, you know, that are just really fun. And they've done a, a good job of that overall this season. So I can't necessarily go crazy high because there are a couple of episodes in this season that are just, just so, so good. Um, I am going to go ahead and just, just do the prices right to Eric and go 8.4. Nail it. Dang it, I can't get up on the stage, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. So, this is the part where I actually have to say something of some intelligence. So, all right. So, this episode, um, first off, I thought it was, I really enjoyed, um, seeing like some of the exterior shots of like um you know starfleet command and like all these like meeting places that we've seen like in live action and stuff like i don't know there's something about like seeing it again that was was pretty enjoyable um i did i enjoyed i I did enjoy this episode i think i said that at the beginning and um even when i i sent y'all um a text um, earlier, it was like, buckle up, y'all. We're in for we're in for a ride today uh, with with this this Trek content that we have. And um, there was something satisfying, like in a way, for you know, being able to um, predict like how something was going to happen. You know, have like those educated guesses. And Eric is like, you know, not not a theory crafter, but he, he was enjoying. You were enjoying it, bud. You were totally enjoying it. So, yeah, sure, um, <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so, did I like this episode? Yes. Um, did I like Texas being the villain? No. Which brings it down minus five points automatically. Just kidding. But it wasn't cool. Um, I liked all the character development that we got to see this season the thing that um the only thing i'm a little concerned about like with talin now i think yeah 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 talin being on on the cerritos is she's a, i think a lieutenant i think is i think i saw two gold pips on her uniform um so i'm just really hoping that it doesn't stifle tendy's growth and tendy's training in the in the future uh, with her senior science officer or yeah, was it senior? No, just science officer training, whatever. Like, I, I really hope she's not stifled because I really want to see Tendi to continue to grow. She's got a lot of potential um, and whatnot. The bold Boimler thing. Um, I mean, I, I guess we, I kind of saw it um, like with like the whole, like shut up and listen thing, because whether it was like to try and, you know, get back on Shax's good side or not, I mean, I don't think Boimler would have said shut up and listen, period. You know, except for maybe around, like, the other lower deckers, like, let alone bridge crew. 
So, I mean, that's that's just me, just my two cents on that. Um, the the fleet showing up, even though it's it's overdone, I did think it was done in in good taste. I did get a little choked up whenever I was seeing it and like seeing like and hearing like all the California class ship names being listed off. Um, pretty, pretty solid episode. Um, definitely better than a mathematically perfect redemption. That's for dang sure. Um, <laughs> like that, Eric, like that. Um, yeah. Um, overall, I think this was a really solid end to a really solid season, like a really strong season of Lower Decks. And um, like I, I tweeted Mike McMahon, because I know he totally reads my tweets. Uh, I really do hope that we continue to get more seasons like this. Maybe even something along like the lines of like these kinds of season finales. Um, so I don't know if I want to give this an eight and a half and just be like that an extra tenth of a point better than David. Um, so I don't know. This was a, this was a good episode. I I think this was maybe a little bit better than Crisis Point Two, uh, which was two episodes ago. So just to be that guy. Um, just for funsies, I will go with an 8.35 on this. You like that? I mean, go for it. I do what I want. You do you, boo-boo. Thank you, baby bear. Oh, boy. All right. So, let's, let's look at this so yeah our overall average is of course an 8.35 for this episode and um, as it stands right now for the season Eric your overall season average is a 7.63 David a 7.76 and I'm at a 7.85 which Holy cow, is that so much better? That's a significant improvement over last season. Yeah. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, oh. this season, definitely the best season of Lower Decks. I don't even think you can question that. 100%. Now, I'm just curious. Had that um, had that one episode, you know, episode, I don't know, seven never happened, we would be in eight territory, y'all. Yeah, well, that shows you what, I mean, if you took out that one episode from the season two, where would we be? <laughs> a lot higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would that have been, one episode. That, that one episode happens. brought down the entire average for the season, which, not a fan of that at all, you know? So. It happens. It does. It does. Well. Yeah. We, uh, before we get out of here, um, let's talk about something pretty important. Let's talk about the most important part of the show. You ready for this? Let's go to the... The what? The what, Eric? Twitter poll. Twitter poll. Twitter poll. That's right. Twitter poll. <laughs> All right. 
So here we go. I asked this very important question, gang, and this is what it is. Which lower decker had the most growth this season? Okay, pretty straightforward question. Which lower decker had the most growth this season? Choices were, of course, Boimler, Mariner, Rutherford, or Tendi. I mean, for me, I don't think there's any discussion. It's got to be Rutherford. Like, just, you know, discovering, you know, you know, who he was, like, his past self and reconnecting with that and, like, literally getting to, like, talk it out with his younger self and, and decide, like, and f- figure out how you changed and why and then what happened to you. Man, I had, for me, there's no question. It's got to, it's Rutherford. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think Rutherford had had probably the most detailed arc. I, I I'd probably say Rutherford, but I think kind of based on the last episode, you could also sort of throw on Mariner. But I'll I'll throw I'll throw Rutherford as well. Okay. All right. Well, um, we did get um, a comment on this particular uh, poll. Um, again, from Heather, uh, which we heard from last time about the um, that wonderful story about um, um, Idaho, like being meaningful um, uh, to her family, and, and I think writing a paper on it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, anyway, Heather um, commented and said, honestly, Mariner took so much grief this season from everyone around her simply because she behaved differently than she was expected to. I was very proud of her when she finally decided to stand up against the poor treatment everyone was giving her. I wish I had her courage. So, That's thank nice. you for that. Yeah, thank you for that, Heather. Appreciate it. Um, so, with that, um, gang, let's let's go to the results. Okay. Uh, coming in in fourth place, we do not have a tie for last. Coming in in fourth place with. 5.9% of the vote. Wow. Boimler. That right. feels right. I mean, yeah. that's it's unfortunate, so. but it feels right. Yeah. All right. Coming in in third place with 23.5% of the vote. Tendy. Okay. That feels right. Mm-hmm. All right. It's down to Mariner and Rutherford. Is that feeling right still, Eric? Yeah. Okay. Good. Definitely. Okay, cool. All right. Our runner up. Second place. 29.4% of the vote, gents. Okie dokie. It's Rutherford. Which means our winner with 41.2% of the vote, Mariner. Wow. I mean, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Like, but yeah. I mean, can we just be honest? Like, how annoying and whatnot she's been, right? Like, and just like the like for the whole series, to what we got to see her kind of experience this season. I mean, I don't know if I want to like put her in the same category as another beloved female character, but I feel like maybe Mike McMahon is pulling a Dave Filoni by intentionally making her annoying and doing like an Ahsoka kind of flip. 
That's but again, I feel very, I know, I don't, I don't even like saying that out loud, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of flirting with that idea in a, in a way. Some could say you're flirting with disaster. Um, yeah, you're flying too close to the sun. I'm going to stop now. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, that's it. That's a wrap on, on season three of Lower Decks. Oh, Holy man. Wow. But that's not a wrap on the content. No, man. It's just going to keep going. Keep going. <laughs> just keep coming at us. This is a show that never ends. <laughs> David's like, I know. I know. How do I get off this ride? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just had the season premiere, or not the season, the season 1B premiere of Prodigy. So uh, we will be, uh, keep your, your ears peeled, peeled, ready, ready to rock and roll, whatever. Keep them, keep them, keep hailing frequencies open. There we go. Um, they'll be dropping here pretty soon. So, um, yeah, we're we're on this we're on this uh, this prodigy wagon now. So here we go, here we go. It's gonna be great. More prodigy, and a lot more answers. I hope uh, to some stuff. More legacy people showing up too. That's gonna be pretty cool. So um, guys, as always, thank you so much for um, for the convo and talking trek. It's always a pleasure to hang out and whatever talk stuff, hang out stuff. So um, how about all y'all in listener land? What'd you think? You know, what did you think of the season? You know, was this season um, that much more of an improvement over the first two? Uh, do you agree that Mariner had the most growth out of um, the Lower Deckers? Uh, what are you hoping to see in um, future seasons of Lower Decks? We'd love to hear it. Uh, check us out, trtvpod.com. Also open up hailing frequencies and entering coordinates to trtvpod at gmail.com if you want to send us like a note uh, like with your thoughts, your ideas, whatever it might be. Um, or you can um, send us a voice-only tra- uh, voice only. Uh, transmission to 817-752-4757. There's a three-minute limit, so um, watch out before the Alito comes after you, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Awkward. Um, other than that, if you want to mail us something, you know, like code, like on an iPad, because like I could totally use a new iPad um, for the USS Alito. That'd be great. Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.